He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. Okay. Love this. Hello? Okay. Yeah, uh, it's my, I'm the one that's feeding back here. God hasn't changed his mind on this. We are called to do this. We are called to preach the kingdom, go out, heal the sick, uh, uh, free the demonized, pro- proclaim the kingdom of God, speak in new tongues. I guess pick up snakes. I'm not ready for that one. Uh, and lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I mean, that, unless God is lying in his, in his word, it, you can expect that to happen. God will heal. Does sometimes he doesn't? Yeah. Is it probably our fault? Probably. Are we growing into things? Yes, we do grow into things. We have a culture that, that, that is a culture that everything is immediate, that when we do something one time, we expect it to happen, and that when things are hard, we think something's gone wrong and we're doing something wrong. We have a culture that's been designed by the kingdom of darkness, not by the kingdom of light. The kingdom of light sees, the king of kings, sees things differently than we do. You know, I, I'm, I'm amazed... You know, people ask me to pray for them for a blessing on their life. You know, pray for you. God will bless me. And I do. And I pray for God will bless you. And, and God brings a blessing. But it's very often and not in the way that you expect a blessing to be. Once you say to me, pray for a blessing from her, you're really asking me to pray that everything goes well with you. You know, and really that's what I would like too. But it's not how God's kingdom and economy works. When you pray for a blessing on your life, you're going to find yourself usually in trials very shortly after that. You're usually going to find yourself having problems that you didn't have before. Your problems that will cause you to press through because God is going to bless you to bring you into a new level of anointing, a new level of relationship with him, and a new level of accountability in this world we're in. Now, that's not a, a, a real popular way of thinking about things, but it is the way the kingdom works. When we go into healing, you're going to find, and we deal with this, you're going to find if you want the gift, you're going to have to press through to get the gift. It's not going to necessarily go easy. You're going to find, uh, I remember when we, uh, the, the vineyard started out, and I was part of the vineyard for years. John Wimber, they prayed for people over and over, and they, just, and they got sicker, and people praying got sick. But they decided to persist because they understood the kingdom and what it's about. And they decided to persist and push on through, and they did. And we've seen thousands, hundreds of thousands of healings. You know, uh, matter of fact, I'm sure hundreds of thousands of healings. And that's what I want to bring this group through. I want to bring you to this because this is a place where you learn how to do the gifts of the Spirit. You know how to move in them. You learn how to do the, do the, do the work of the kingdom. That's what you're called to do. It's not about me doing it. It's about me training you to do it. That's what it's about. It's me helping you become who God called you to be. Because an army doesn't work with just a sergeant or a corporal or a general, whatever we are. It works as an army, as a whole group of people. And my job is to help you get to there. But it's not going to be easy. Uh, if you can't, if you hear anything else from me, life is not easy. Life is not easy. Life is hard. You push through, and you become who you're called to be. That's how it works. Does God sometimes make it easy for you? Yeah. It's usually easy to, to get you interested. I remember this one particular girl that, that we took to the Philippines to, to pray for her sick. And um, she, was, she was a pole dancer about three months earlier. That's what she did. She was a pole dancer. And she got saved. She went there not filled with the Holy Spirit, got filled with the Holy Spirit there. And when she began to pray for people, she you know, we'd go pray for go down the line. She went to pick up her hands to pray for the first person, and the whole row fell down. And I'm talking 300 people. Start on the ground. That's never happened to me. <laughs> I wish. I've never had that happen. I would like that. That would be nice. You know, you know that stuff. You know, 
but it didn't. You know, and that really perplexed me for a long time. I used to laugh about it because there's pretty much the thing. The longer you've been in the kingdom, the less effective you are at praying for the sick. <laughs> it is the truth because your, your faith goes away and you, you don't believe anymore. You want to pray for somebody really hard to pray for, pray for a pastor. They're the worst. I'm not kidding you. They're the worst. They have absolutely no faith. Why? I don't know. That's the truth. But anyway, I didn't really get that. And somebody had to actually explain that to me a little bit. It actually was fairly recently. It's a concept that I've understood for a long time. And I've talked about in other measures, but I didn't understand it in this one. He says this is God's language. Here's this girl that's been able to, for years, you know, get the attention and control of a lot of men by doing what she does for a living. You know, just, just tremendous power. God showed her this. Look, you want power? I'll show you power. Not only men, but women as well. Boom! Now, I don't, you know, if that girl didn't walk away from that event later, just every time she raised her hand, people fall down. It was an incentive. It was, it was a token of what God would do if she would persist. If she would choose to lay down her own personal agenda, her own thing, if she would choose to pay the price, God would give that to her. It was a promise. It was an incentive promise to her that probably over a long period of time, if she persists, she would move in that kind of great power. That's a cool thing. But we want the power now. And because we have something happen one time or a few times, we think that, oh, the next time things don't work out the way we have, we think, oh, God, we must have done something wrong. We must be sinners. What? And I think, too, the devil starts to destroy tell you you're Oh, yeah. Oh, he'll, he'll jump right on the bandwagon. Yes, what you thought last night. You know, it's, it's that cigar you had. You know, it's that uh, drink you had or whatever <coughs> you're, you're hung up in. No, that's, those are lies. Those are lies from the pit. The truth is God causes us to per- persist and go through. Because in the process of persistence goes through, there's several things that happen. The first of all, intimacy with him happens, which is the most important thing. The second thing is intimacy with people around you. And then comes character. The character of sticking and going through things and, 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 and uh, uh, not being stopped by things. Character, the most important thing to character to me is the unstoppability, the person that you rely on. I don't care what you say or you do all the time. You may mess up and you may have a sloppy life, but if I can count on you, that's character. That's the biggest part of character. There's other parts of character. That's the biggest part of character. The Christian church doesn't look at that. They look at you've got to have this all neat whitewashed sepulchers, as, the, as Jesus said in the Old Testament, that you've got to look real neat, you've got to have it all together, that you can't, uh, you can't let a cuss word come out of your mouth. Now, I'm not saying you should. I really am not. But if you do, big deal. <laughs> I mean, that's why I like a big deal. The thing is, is a character of a spirit that is God can trust and one another can trust. That's the, that's the call on our life. Hopefully we clean up the other as well, but that's not a, a big deal. The big deal, the hard one, is the character to count on. I've said to you guys a lot of times that we're an army, and as an army, you have to be able to count on one another. You know, we have to be able to count on one. When I say something, you can trust what I say. You know, that person next to me, if we're in a situation, that I, I know they'll stand by me. They aren't going to run. If we're dealing with a, uh, some demonic realm in the area, they aren't going to run from that either. If I'm praying for the sick and it gets a little uncomfortable, they're not going to run from that either. That's what we're looking for. That's what we're, that's what we're called to have. That's what we want. Now, this thing here says that we're, people shall recover. They will. This was a send-out. Remember earlier versions that we talked about, and they sent the 12 out, and they went out, and they were just like, wow, the demons left, and the sicknesses left, and they were all excited. And Jesus said, well, don't rejoice about that. Rejoice about that your name is written in the book of life. And our name is written in the book of life, and that is, an, that is the thing to rejoice about. But we have to learn how to walk these things out And we're called to do these things. We're not called to have the best time of our life, though God will give it to us. We're called to do the work of the kingdom. You came and you said, yes, the Lord. It's kind of like those of you married realize this by now, that when you said yes, you said yes to a lot more than you expected. (laughs) You did. 
You know, there was some, you know, I'm going to promise this, that, and the other. But you had no clue of what you said yes to. No clue. You know, surprise. It's the same thing when you said yes to the Lord. You have no clue what you said yes to. Matter of fact, there's some famous uh, uh, preachers in the past who wouldn't let people just accept the Lord. They went to tell them all the junk that I'm telling you now beforehand. So, no, you don't know what you're getting into. No, you don't know what you're saying yes to. No, wait a minute. You need to think this thing out. The scripture says in war, or, or if you build something, you have to know that you have all the things it takes to make it, that you're not going to be able to quit. That's what we have to have. Now, sorry, you guys, I didn't get to bring you guys to the Lord, so it's not my fault. Somebody didn't tell you the truth. <laughs> it's not my fault. Uh, it, it, but it's the way the kingdom is. But I wouldn't have it any other way. Because there's nothing good that come, doesn't come through perseverance. What have you ever really valued that you didn't have by persevering to get it? There's nothing. Your guitar playing. Not perseverance, perseverance. Great guitar player. Same with the drums. Persevere, persevere. Work, 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 work. You know, I've had uh, some of my kids have never got that. They, well, my kids are very good. Don't get me wrong. But I, I want them in particular that doesn't get the idea that this is, has to do a lot of work before you become this great this or this great that. But it is. And if you get taught something other than that, unfortunately, you believe the lie. So same with praying for the sick. It's perseverance, pressing through, and praying for people, and not letting go until God comes. And so that's what I would, I would say, first of all, on this. The, uh, let's go to the next slide. Yeah, I think that was six, or four was, wasn't it, the next one? I don't remember. Because I'm going to kind of pick up where we were. What's number four? Authority. Okay, we mentioned this. I just wanted to pop this up because we didn't have the screen before. Could you read that real quick? Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. In Lystra, there sat a man crippled in his feet, who was lame from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed, and called out, Stand up on your feet. At that, the man jumped up and began to walk. I'm going to pick on, on this just for a little bit because it's going to illustrate a couple of things that I want to make real loud. Uh, the first thing, which I've said over and over again, uh, it's about the kingdom and uh, the demons of the demonic realm that comes against the kingdom of light. They left. Your job is to kick them out. Now, let me say something about demons right now. Most people have seen an example of people yelling and screaming at demons and commanding them to leave. Fortunately, I don't see that in the Bible. I don't see it anywhere in the Bible. Now, I've, I've, I've dealt with a lot of demonic realms, and I've watched a lot of them leave, and they usually go with the word. Usually I just speak to a part, particular part in life, bring the Holy Spirit in there, heal that part of the life, and it has nothing to hang on to anymore. And it leaves. Sometimes you get into some shouting mouths that they want, to, they want to do, and you just tell them to shut up and go. That's what Jesus did. But it, it, they get rid of them. But here's really what I want to talk about here. Cripple his feet. Now, this is a major, major miracle. Okay? There's two types of things. There's lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover, which speaks of what? Process. It doesn't say they're immediately healed. You see that sometimes. That's a miracle. Miracles are immediate happen. You do something, a leg grows, a thing that wasn't there comes on there, a tumor drops off, a, a, a tumor disappears, you know, a, a person sick immediately well. Those are miracles. He, laying hands on the sick is they shall recover. This was a, this was a, a threefold miracle here, I think, threefold. Uh, first of all, I saw... Uh, uh, Saw that he had faith. I'm going to come back to that when we, uh, uh, well, I'll just hit it now. Saw that they had faith. This is what you look for when you're healing for the sick. I've gone into many places where people don't have the faith to be healed. Sometimes I have enough of faith to override that. Sometimes I don't. You know, sometimes I'll flow in a bunch of faith. Sometimes I'll flow in very little or none. You know, it's just a flow. Everything in the kingdom is a flow. When you prophesy, it's a flow. Everything else. Sometimes you're rich in it. Sometimes you're poor in it. Sometimes you better hope they have it. Sometimes he saw here that they had faith to be healed. And so he operated on it. They saw that in him and operated on it. So he looked at him and did that. 
He called out, stand up on your feet. It was a command of action, which is faith without works is dead. The idea. So in healing, one of the things we do is we could ask people to do something. Jesus told the guy, stretch out a hand. A lot of different type of action things to bring those things to being. But the point I want you to know, this man jumped up, began to walk. Now here's a man who never walked from birth. So this is a, definitely a miracle. First of all, to not walk from birth, have you ever seen somebody who hasn't been able to walk for two or three months? Their muscles go away. So first of all, the atrophy is gone. He's got muscles, okay? So whatever was originally wrong got healed, so that's the second healing. And the third thing, fourth thing, is he had enough strength to run around and jump around. And the fourth thing is that he had the balance to do it. You ever seen somebody learn how to walk? You know, you watch your baby learn how to walk, Marsha, and they have to learn. And if you saw somebody that's been disabled for a year or so, they have to learn all over again. So those are a major miracle. That one looks like, oh, wow, got up and walked is a major miracle. You will see stuff like that over your time. You'll see people get healed, have a major miracle, be able to do something they haven't ever, ever done before. But the big point of that was the authority that you've been given to do this. It's not only the authority, it's the call on our life. It's what's expected of us that we would expand the kingdom. In healing in the scriptures, we found the biggest part of it was demonstration of the kingdom and the power of God. Sometimes, you know, there are other scriptures like, uh, I think it was Peter's wife, I mean, uh, mother-in-law. Was it Peter's? One of their mother, um, uh, mother-in-law was sick or something like that, and so they healed her and got up. That wasn't really too much of a demonstration of the, the kingdom to the masses, maybe to them. But it's usually that. Okay, let's go to uh, the next slide. Yeah, I guess. This is what I wanted to show you before. Yeah, back up. Now, the point of this, and the reason I'm just showing it to you this way, is I want to show you how things are kind of laid out here. Uh, yeah, it's hard. You don't even need to see what they are. You can pick it up on the website. But I want to see these are the people in the scriptures where those who were being prayed for, faith made them well. There's quite a few there. Okay. Uh, uh, this is the two scriptures that I can find that God healed somebody based upon compassion. You don't see it. One of them is really only on compassion. The other one is, shows that he didn't move in compassion. He wasn't led and directed by compassion. Remember John 11:2, uh, when uh, Mary's brother was sick and dying, he didn't rush off to heal him. It wasn't, you know, God was moved by compassion, but he isn't directed by it. He's, he's, he's set to do things, but he's led by the Holy Spirit, not by his emotions or what he thinks would be best or his love for a friend. So the point I brought with that is that you have to be led by the Spirit. It's not just what you want. It's about. It's about what God wants. Okay. Um, there's here, there's a couple scriptures I listed here. It says, do you want to get well? That's a big question. Not everybody wants to get well. They may say they want to get well. But one of the gifts that you have to have is to be able to see the difference. So you don't bang your head against the wall all day if they really don't want to get well. If they don't want, well, if they're well, they have to go to work. If they're well, they would have to do this. The well, people wouldn't feel sorry for them. If they're well, uh, you fill in the blank. There are lots of different blanks in there, believe it or not. If you've been around for very long doing this, you'll find there is. So they've got to make sure that they want to get well. You know, They have faith. It's really nice when they do. Let's go to the next slide, and it's family and friends. All right, uh, can you read that? Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here's a great number of disabled people. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and, and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. That's not the scripture I wanted. That actually illustrates the one before. The next one after that is Matthew 8, 5. Keep on going. Keep on going. There it is. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed and in terrible suffering. Jesus said to him, I will go and heal him. 
The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was astonished and said to those following him, I tell you the truth, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What do you think I'm interested in this scripture about? Yeah, that's the biggest thing. I'm, 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 I'm put this under in family and friends, and because here it is, it's actually a servant or it's a friend. I think any any master that would do go to that much length, especially somebody in a high-ranking centurion that would do that, the centurions looked down upon the Jews as a normal. It wasn't I wasn't like I'm going to somebody authority. They have to go downhill for, for that culture. That's what they looked at. So they had to go to him. And, and and ask to heal. So he, definitely family friends. And I have a list of them you'll find on the website, a bunch of different scriptures where family or friends, like the one carried the, the friend in on the mat, a bunch of different ones where their faith was was the reasoning for the healing. What about this authority? Well, right there when he says, you know, I Well, yeah, that's very, very true. That particular thing, I, I th- think that right there really points out the humility of the centurion. Right. Even though, and in, in, again, they're the ruling fam, uh, the, the, the ruling uh, country in, in Israel at the time, and they have authority over all of them, you know. But he understood authority is, is the big point. Is he understood authority? What does it say about authority? How do, how did he describe authority? Because you want authority, right? You want authority to drive out demons and to heal the sick. So what, 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 what is authority? Yeah, he had faith to say that. What else? That's very good. There's some, what else is the biggest? What is the biggest key for authority shown in that scripture? That's one, but it's not the biggest one. No. No. You got it. I am under authority. And what I... Where, where does it say? Where, where is it right here? Uh, that is the key to authority. If you're under authority, then you can have authority. He submits. If he's not under authority, there's no authority. So you have to be. It has to be almost. You have to be under it as well and in it at the same time. You have to. You have to submit under authority to have authority. Because where does authority come? Heaven. Heaven. Now people don't want to come under authority. This 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 culture we're in doesn't want to come under authority. I don't want accountability. I don't want in that stuff. But if you don't have accountability, if you aren't under authority, you'll never have authority. You want greater authority, the greater you're able to submit. You you cannot see anybody, including Jesus, that's not under authority. Jesus is under authority of the Father. You know, we're under authority of Jesus and His Spirit. Yeah. Yeah, you can mimic something. Those people that were trying to drive out demons were saying the name of Jesus as if it was like a hocus pocus. Like a, mm-hmm. And they didn't know who Jesus was, they didn't understand. So if you don't know who he is, if you don't know him personally, you just turn around and start. Uh, asking demons to leave, the demons were like, okay, we know who Jesus is, you don't. And they just started yeah, beat him up. 
And there's there's another, which I didn't use that particular scripture, there's another particular one about being under authority too. Because for... Uh, there is authority. See, we're only to do what we, like Jesus, only do what we see the Father in heaven doing. It, it, they obviously weren't in that place of being under authority. Else they wouldn't have went and done that and got the tail kicked. You know, they wouldn't have done that. They were not under authority. You know, and, and, and people want to imitate things. And there's lots of people who will go out and do stuff that, as we learn how to do under authority with the real power, they'll try to imitate it. And they won't be under authority. They won't be listening to the Father. And they will not have the same effect. When you'll see healing, you'll see people sometimes will get healed just because of their faith or just because of God's mercy. You know, I, I mentioned to you a long time ago when I went to one of my class reunions and, and uh, one of the girls I knew married a guy that was a shyster. He was a fake pastor that went out and did healings for money. And he did it. And, he, and, the, and she, was, she was laughing about it and thought it was funny, not knowing I was a, you know, a Christian or anything else. At that time, I was just a Christian. And she, just, she thought it was funny, but she just stopped and goes, you know, the weird thing is some people get healed. You know? And that, that just blew her mind. And I, I got it right away. You know, but that is the truth. But here is the thing. We have to be under authority. Authority is your friend. If I can say it, I'm not trying to pitch authority of my authority. You know, you come under my authority, you'll come under it because your heart's pulled to it. I'm not going to make you come under it. My authority is never to tell people what to do. My authority is to cause you to submit to the Father. It's not about submitting to me, and I'm not trying to go there for some of you who don't know me. It's not about that. I'm trying to cause you to come under authority of the Father and earthly authority, too. Unfortunately, even the world's authority we have to submit to. And if we don't do under that, we don't have authority ourselves. I was just going to say that a lot of, there's yeah. a lot of gifted Christians that, I'm not saying you have to go to church to be a Christian, but no. won't come under authority, mm-hmm. and they're just wandering all over the place, and it's a shame. Because yeah, it they could be, whatever even gifting they might have now, they, it might even be more, you know, powerful, whatever, if they would come under it. Yeah, and you know, they miss it. It's, it's a really, if you ask them, what do they tell you? I really don't need the church. What does that tell you? What would you say when I said, said that? Selfish. It's the selfish lawlessness too, but it's a selfish thing. You come to church to give, not to get. you got to get that way. Understand, we were, by the way, we were really effective in the recent AFM thing. More and more than, than you realize. It's coming out more and more. If you've noticed, the American film market Notice how many movies are coming out right now are family movies and Christian movies that are making money. They didn't make money before. They failed all the time. They made a lot of money. There are lots of them coming out right now. I've talked to several different people, and the studios are actually looking for consultants to how to make family movies. You know, we had a, a real, real, real strong effect. That was that was that that that's a very, very, very cool thing to say, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because really, I mean, if we get down to we have the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness, you're in the kingdom, you're operating the kingdom. Things, there's power in it, there's protection in it. Do you know the world gets it better than the church does? I'll tell you, I was trained in business, I was trained in sales, and I, I, I did a lot for a lot of years, you know. And uh, what they understand is that if you, how you believe somebody that react to you is how they'll react to you. It's true. I, you know, if, if, if you're married and you go and expect your husband to be mad at you for something or wife to be mad at you for something, guess what? They probably will be. If you don't expect it, that's one of my wife's laughing because I had to teach her that. You're coming in and you expect me to be mad. I sometimes sit there and go, well, what am I supposed to be mad about? But I'll get mad for you, you know? <laughs> Feel any better. Yeah, because you can feel it. The world gets it. The world gets it's a positive attitude, a positive feeling. They don't understand. It's really the kingdom of God in his, in, in his economy that they're operating in. They don't understand that. But it is the kingdom of God and, and, and its rule and reign that you're operating in in that, not the kingdom of darkness. So if you're operating in that kingdom of light, even if you're not a Christian, there's going to be power in it. There's far more when you're under submission to the authority, and there's all kinds of other things that go along with that. But it's a thing of faith, and it's a thing of the kingdom. 
So it's faith in the kingdom. It's faith in the uh, uh, in our Father. It's the believing that God has done. And the reason I'm going through these scriptures, and I've really never done this when I've talked about healing before, because most places I've been, I've been in vineyards, and they've been teaching. They everybody knows that God heals, you know. But I'm not sure if you all know that God really does heal. So I want to give you scriptures to show you what God's view on healing and how big of a subject it is in the Bible. As we go on, and, and we will go on today to practice some more. We did last week and had some real good results, and we'll have some more. So family and friends, uh, the prayer. Uh, I'm trying to go through the rest of these pretty quickly. Why don't you go to Acts 3, 1 through 9. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where oh. he was... Did we already do this one? Well, it's similar. Where he was put every day to beg from those who going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Okay. Here's another one. The, this particular scripture, uh, it was, what did Peter give him? What? What, was he, what did he have that he gave him? Faith. Faith. Yeah, power God, but faith. faith. That's what he gave him. What I have, I got faith, I give to you. Yeah. What do you think happened in that exchange? Remember, remember when Jesus, Jesus asked the guy, if you, uh, you know, you have faith, and he says, well, I don't have some. Could you give me some, basically, is what he said. And he says, yeah. And he, and he gave it to him. This is, what, so this is a transformation right here. We are made in whose image? Okay, and what does his image do? He spoke the world into being. It's creative power. So what you use with your mouth and what you speak with your mouth, there's power in it. That's why we're supposed to not speak destruction on people, on one another, or I'm no good, or I'm this or that, because that is power, and you're speaking that. So what, what Peter did was spoke to him and empowered him to believe, connected, and they got healed. Right? Why, why is it that, for example, I, um, I go to church in Guatemala, and in Guatemala it just feels like you see a lot more miracles. Mm-hmm. Like you go to church and you can really feel like the Holy Spirit and people are like, like the presence of God is so strong that you can walk into a place and you can start shaking just because you feel like, like the presence of God and you see people like being healed and dropping and you see all this you know, like huge things that you're just like, oh my God. And you know that these are like really humble, poor people that they cannot afford to uh, make a stage or, or recreate something that it's not, you know, like act this out. Mm. These are like the humblest of people. That's what you're saying. It's, 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 I, th- I think, and this is just a or guess. India, well, yeah, I've done a lot of different things on missions. And so much easier to pray for people in other countries. You don't have the unbelief. You, don't, you have the humility. You don't have. Our, our truthfully world system, the world system is really here. It's the system of Babylon. It's the hierarchical authority, you know. It's the money that is God. That, 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 that by the way, when people talk about the Babylonian spirit and, the, and spirit of Babylon, they're not, most people are thinking of the authority structure. But the king of Babylon, I mean, really, when, if you remember Nebuchadnezzar, when he made the statue, it was a, made a statue of gold, and it was the bow down to the gold statue. That tells you what it was about, bowing down to gold, bowing down to manna. Mama, that's what happens here. It causes a lot of unbelief. We've been intellectually bombarded with years that, you know, if it's not science, it isn't true. Too much TV. Yeah. Too much TV. <laughs> TV has been a really, really big, bad influence too. And so you find that every place I've ever gone as a missions thing, even the, even the Mexico, faith is much more easy to work. Plus, an expert is always someone that walks in with a briefcase, they always say. You're coming from another place. Uh, well, when you when you go over there, you're there. You're seeing it because you, you live there, you know. And they did. They have much more faith than I do. And there's God's poured out of spirit there. 
And I think you'll see it again here. Yes, I am praying that for uh, America. But and what she's saying is funny. Just this week, I watched on uh, YouTube. I don't know if any of you heard of Reinhard Bunke, but oh, yeah. he was dead for three days. He was dead for three days. And the wife, you know, I said, well, we can just get that type of faith here in America. But this is in Africa. Uh, the wife, the husband dies, and she says, no, Lord, you, you know, you promised us things, you know. She took her husband's dead corpse out of the mortuary that he's been there for at least. Two, three days. The third day, she took him to the Reinhardt Bunkies <laughs> meeting and put his body, they took his body and put it in the, the basement of the church. Uh, they didn't want to scare the people, you know, they, so they had to sneak the body in there, you know. And But they started praying for him, and she told him, listen, they got word to him, Reinhardt Bunkies. There's a corpse down there, the wife believes that God's going to raise him from the dead, although the man had been dead for three days. And sure enough, you know, and I'm watching this, and I'm weeping, and I'm like, Lord, you know, that same power, that same faith that those people have, that's that hunger, you know, we can have that. I was praying, Lord, let us have that here in America. And I think, too, that's one of the reasons why we don't see that as often here, you know. Um, but I am believing God that, you know, we'll have that hunger. But this woman's faith to say, no, I don't care if he was dead. She told him, so it doesn't matter if he's been dead for three days. I believe God. So that just, oh, that just There's a couple problems with that, though. The first problem is we need a dead person. Any volunteers? <laughs> Sorry, couldn't uh, resist. <laughs> yeah, we can go to mortuaries. Okay, uh, but 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 truthfully, I, there's lots of those stories around. God has done that over the years. I, one of the guys I got to train, what got to pray for somebody who died for a short time and they came back to life in the Philippines. But I mean, there Ryan R. Bucky has, has a whole bunch of them. He's actually had a lot of people raised from the dead. Those are people that, that believe in what they can't see. We're trained that if you can't see it, it's not real. So there it is. That's the best, that's the best can, example. Can you show me? Yeah. yeah. Well, show me. Show yeah. I mean, if your whole faith is by, okay, well, God, you better show me or I'm not going to. Good luck. Yeah. Well, you see, we saw you that. Might miss it. You could be shown and still might miss it because you're looking for some concrete thing. You're looking for something you understand. Well, you see, we didn't have that, before, and, and the faith movement and God did healings all over the place in the 50s. But in the 50s, then, then, then it came a, a trust in education, and people moved from the faith-based thing to a, a miracle God to trusting in what they understood. And then after that, there's been several changes that, that overthing, uh, where, where then after that, the next thing was trust in money, Trust now, the most recent one with Obama is government. Government is your savior. Now, it's not working out well for him. I can tell you that right now. It's not working out for him. It's backfiring his face. But that's what he told. When he came in, he basically said, the government's going to handle your problems. It's going to take care of it. We're going to take care of you. You don't have to worry about anything. Rather than relying on God, you know, which is what we have to do. I don't know. Sometimes it's sovereignty of God, but it usually kind of tells you that he isn't going to do it. Sometimes people think they have faith and they don't. Uh, they really don't. I mean, the faith of the dead person obviously was none. So it was all on, on the wife. You know, that was a, a good example, friend. But uh, I don't know. A lot of people, they think, you know, it, it's, it's, I don't know how to describe it. There's a faith that's not a reality based in him and what he's speaking to you. Does God heal everyone that's sick? No. no. Did he heal everybody at that pool, Bethesda, or whatever it said? No. No, he didn't. So, I mean, the idea that you hear God, remember, he only did what he heard his father doing. So he heard them, and most people are basing upon their heart's desires. Like, you know, uh, you have somebody that you love and you want them healed, and you want them healed so bad and you've got faith for him to be healed, that's not really faith. You, you, that's, that, that's hope doing, yeah. hoping, desiring for that. And there's nothing wrong with that. But that's not faith. The faith is in him alone. Yeah. And it's faith in him if they don't get well, it's, you still have faith in him. It's not shaken. When you put your faith and rest in him and his goodness and to bring things out, it's not about whether a person gets well or not. It's, it's based upon him. That's, that's where faith has to be. So I see that a lot of different times. And it's, and it's, 
you really don't, you can't tell. Uh, uh, I mean, one of the things with Kendra when she was sick, I didn't know, because she told me without a doubt that God said she was going to heal. I didn't know for sure if God spoke that to her. I never told her that. Uh, or that was just her desire. Because I've seen so many times people's just, they want to live, you know, and, and they don't want to go, you know. And and they, they have that thing. And it's, it's not real faith. It's not based upon what God said. Hers was based on God said. Yeah, well, you know, and, and there's, there's a major difference in that. And uh, sometimes... All I can say is that you've got to take all scriptures are based upon tensions between other scriptures. And the tension is the basic tension of everything is I only do what I see my, see my Father in Heaven doing. That's the basic tension, you know, that, that you're doing things based upon what God said. Otherwise, well, if, how about everyone else? Why didn't every one of them get healed? The kingdom is here and yet to come. It, it, it's, it's, our kingdom is not here in its full, full thing. I, I don't ask me to explain it because I don't know it. Talk to Lad. He, I don't know if he understands it either, but uh, Dr. Ladd. But the idea of the kingdom's here, but yet to come. It, 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 and what we do when we're praying for the sick, we call the kingdom promises future now. Is really what we're doing. We're calling the stuff for later now. We're, we're, we're speaking those things that being. We're using the creative power that God has given us to do it. But, you know, I mean, probably one of the best examples is, you know, with, with Israel. When, when uh, Moses crossed the Red Sea, the Lord told them, you know, hold out your staff and part of the water, and they went. They went there based upon what God said, faith. Now, when the, uh, when the uh, Egyptians tried to do the very exact same thing, saw it done, they swallowed them up because theirs was not based on what God said. Theirs was based on presumption, you know. Uh, God loves us. You can understand that and, and stand on that. Are some people that God intended to get healed not get healed? I guess so. You know, there are. I've, I've prayed for some people that, you know, I don't understand why they went. You know, like, the good die young, that's true. Isn't it true that uh, um, everybody has their multiple times? So that... Uh, we have Hezekiah that had a particular... Was it Hezekiah? And he prayed for her and he was giving some more years. Uh, yeah, the trouble is those years weren't very good, but... <laughs> The God answers this answers his prayer. I was talking on the phone with this lady, and uh, she was telling me, like, Steph, you know, that's what he's saying. So you just have to believe God over everything, you know, like, like this lady that believed in God over her husband being dead. And I said, Well, I want to believe. And I was like, Do you have the gift of faith? And I was like, Can you impart it on me? And she goes, I wish I could do that for you. But I could impart for you faith for miracles. That's one thing. But faith and believing God, if that's something you're going to have to do on your own. Yeah. <laughs> and it's almost like two types of faith. Well, it's, it's the thing of the perseverance in knowing God and working through it that you have that real faith. Yeah. I mean, because it, face it, if it's faith upon God and God and you get it from watching him do something, then the second he doesn't do something and you're asking for, your faith is gone. And then it's not really faith, is it? You know, it has to be something more than the, the, than the one thing that you're asking for. You know, I, it's, it's, you know, faith and healing and all the, it's, it's a kind of a complex subject. It's not a black and white answer on stuff. It's, it's the stuff that you really have to pour through and work through to be able to, to really get a flavor for it. When God tells you to believe something, you know, shows you to do something, you are to stand on that. And not be detoured, you know. Uh, you, you know, uh, you, you just you press on through, believing God said, God said this. I'm believing with my understanding, what I understand, and go forward on it. My trust is all mainly in Him, but still, if He, if he says, let's say, if I had a, a a brother that died, you know, and He told me to stand on that uh, that person's healing, I said, I want you to believe for that. I'm going to believe for that, and, you know, all the way. Maybe pull him away and burying him. You know, I'm going to have to choose the belief for it. If it doesn't happen, I just have to go back and say, hmm. See, since God doesn't lie, uh, God has the ability to everything. Maybe I heard wrong or what? I don't know. I will look at it later, not during the time. I'm going to go for it with the tenacity that God gives me. 
But you see, that's that process that God builds us, that tenacity that won't take no for an answer, that won't be stopped, that believes and pushes through things. That's, the, that's one of the reasons he develops that in us. Because if you don't have that, how can you believe that? If you don't have that unstoppability, the character thing that God says, then you can never believe that because you won't have the, the, the inner strength to press on through. Because it is inner strength. God doesn't make it happen for you. You press on through. I love Kendra's thing. The, the, the dream she had was just blew my mind. You know, and basically the, 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 the two-cent version of it is, you know, you, 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 you believe me, you've pressed through the very, very hard things, and I'm going to give you answers to all your prayers. Does it mean everything she prays will be answered? I don't think so. But it means what, when she prays, it's going to have a tremendous, powerful effect. So she's on, I'm on her list, I'm sure, right? <laughs> she prayed for my, uh, before this, she prayed for my uh, oldest daughter and her husband, who was, uh, I, there's no, I had no faith in the world for the marriage to make it. They did. She kept on praying for it. Yeah. I just want to, a couple of stories that came to mind, too, which uh, one of them was Smith Wigglesworth, and uh, he um, was known for raising quite a few people from from the dead. And one was his wife where uh, he, he lifted her up, put her on the wall, and was was she was coming back to life and God told told him, Let her go, Smith, she's mine. Hmm. And and another one was uh, Heidi Baker talked about how God told her she could go into the this one room in heaven hmm. that had all the body parts. Only when I tell you to. And so there's, I think there's a, uh, you know, God gives that gift, but at the same time, He expects us to be submitted to Him with it. You know, there's that, uh, you know, because I... Man under authority. You know, and I think sometimes we see people that God does give that gift, but then they weren't submitted to Him in it. They just kind of went, you know... Yeah, we see a few of those. Yeah, that's a, that's a neat story that the one with the, uh, with Heidi Baker. You know, she saw the these legs for this. I think it's on video. I'm told I've never seen it, but they had no legs. This child, and she saw it in heaven. Just went, and uh, the legs were there, and uh, uh, and apparently the mother fainted. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I got it. Huh. <laughs> Yeah, that would get me. Okay, I'm going to switch, and, and we'll pick up more on this later, but I'm going to uh, hit on this other subject because I want to develop more and we want to uh, uh, get into praying for some people today uh, again because I want to do it every week until we see it's happening all the time. Um, okay, we talked about words of knowledge last week, and I explained what they are, you know, like a small voice. Uh, and so I, I'm just uh, Words of knowledge are faith builders. It's a little token from God, so you have a little extra faith. Because one of the things that God will needs to happen when we pray for the sick is develop an atmosphere of faith in the world. You know, once we see it, you know, when I was in the Philippines, they would always there would always be somebody that would have some major thing, major problem. They would press himself to the front of the line. So that'd be the first one I have to pray for. <laughs> The, the hardest one you can think of, you know, would be at the front of the line. Didn't give it a chance to build because faith actually builds in a room as you go along. And, 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 and I finally just started instructing my people, put them about the fourth back. Somebody wants to do, do not stick them in the front. I'd take me twice as long praying for that person for anything to happen as if they were about four or five back, you know, because then we'd see something happen. The faith, my faith would build, the people's faith would build, and, and, and the ball gets a rolling. Because it really is. It comes in just like that out there. Faith comes like that ocean. It has waves of his presence. And in, when you pray for the sick, you have to learn to feel the waves of his presence coming in. And they're like sets. They come in small and they get bigger and bigger. And then they go out smaller and smaller. And then they come in another set. Cycle of them. That's what goes through the room with faith and goes through the room when you learn how to feel God. And we have to do that. You have to learn to ride those waves, you know, which is what our name means, Breakpoint. The power of it. Learn to ride those uh, those waves to be able to move into it. I have a question. <clears throat> we just saw one of the apostles in the Bible <clears throat> who was uh, praying to the Lord that uh, he 
would take out the thorn from his body, and God said no, because uh, 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 part, it was part that, um, that were uh, always demand you to, to speak to me, to depend on me. Yeah, who knows what that one is? Uh, a lot of people think it was some physical ailment. Some people think it was some sin thing in his life. I really don't know. Uh, the idea that that apparently most everything he did came to being, so this kept him a little humble. Anyway, words of knowledge. Small voice, uh, never seems loud. It always involves risk, and uh, and you have to be still to hear it. So you, words of knowledge come such as a small voice, uh, God directly speaking through impressions, thoughts, visions, teletype where you read something on somebody. Uh, or another person superimposed. I, would, I, would, I picked on some of those before. Superimposed means when I may look at you and I'll see somebody else's face upon you. Okay, that's a word of knowledge. Have you ever seen that? Or if you look at somebody and go like, that reminds me of so and so. Well, big, high possibility that person you remind you of is what's going on in that particular person. God will use those type of things. Like for example. Uh, uh, let's say uh, I look at uh, uh, let's say I look at you, and, and all of a sudden I remind, you remind me of this friend I had years ago, who was maybe uh, had a problem with uh, oh, so maybe had a problem with lying or something like that. Then I could say that might be there, or unforgiving, or uh, or they may be the sweetest person in the world, just always kind. Uh, or they may be, you know, whatever their nature is, if I see them over a person or they, that person reminds me of them, very often it's a word of knowledge about them. So when I'm praying for somebody and I see that over somebody, I, I'll think, oh, wow, this is, you're, you're cueing me into this. That's part of a word of knowledge. You'll find it when you pray for people and also when you get them beforehand. Uh, things that you feel in your body, if I have a pain in my elbow, I think maybe somebody has a pain in their elbow. Or I'll be praying for somebody. Um, uh, uh, sometimes uh, words of knowledge come because you just started to say a word or two and you all of a sudden say a bunch of stuff you didn't plan on saying. Yeah? Uh, what you're saying is good. It reminds me of where Jesus commended the widow mm-hmm. that kept going back to the unjust judge. Mm-hmm. And that's, I guess that's the kind of things I've had in my life. I have to keep coming back and keep trying and don't give up. I had a bone spur. I was crippled in my left foot for a year and a half. And I almost quit. I said, I'm just going to go to the doctor and get it cut out. And my God bless Christian friends encouraged me. He said, no, you just got to keep believing the Lord and trusting him and standing on the promise. After a year and a half, I mean, I've been prayed for a thousand times by all my friends and every minister and every evangelist that came through. But this one minister, and I knew God showed me I was going to be healed. His daughter had been healed from muscular dystrophy and raised out of a wheelchair and somehow... God gave me faith, and I woke up the next morning, and it was gone. And that's a a really good example, because, you know, somebody can pray for something over and over again, and sometimes God just opens your heart up for it, and and you just believe it, and it just happens, you know. Um, Okay, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the process before we do it. Last time we didn't, but I want to do it this time. Uh, First of all, tell me about the different prayer types. Different types of prayer. What kind of prayer is there? Intercession. That's one. Yeah, that's intercession. Still, go else. Yeah. What else? What other types? Yeah. Yeah. Praying the spirit. Okay. Asking. What else? Yeah. Okay, and, and if you really had some time, you'd think of a lot more, and so would I. My point is, there are none of them but the authority when you're praying for the sick. So when you start off when you're praying for the sick, you, you, you first of all, you, you may say, okay, you know, Lord, show up. You know, that's, that's fine. But from that point on, really, when you pray for the sick, it's a prayer of authority. It's a prayer of that God has put his presence in you. And his authority in you to do even greater works, according to the scriptures, than he did. 
It's a, it's a matter of uh, commanding things to be. It's, it's like Jesus, like Father did. He spoke things into being. You spoke things into being. You spoke, speak other things into to take this going away. It's a prayer of authority. The reason I'm saying that because the first thing that happens to people, and, and it's really hard for them, is they, they begin to pray, oh, God, this person is so good. They've done so many nice things and blah, 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 blah. You know, that's not the prayer, not the time. Or, Lord, come and heal this person. I, I, I really want you to, you know, uh, they're in a lot of pain, and they, they don't want to be in pain. They don't deserve it. Not the time for that prayer. Pray that somewhere else. Pray that from your home. That's a good thing to do. But when you're praying, when you're praying for the sick, you're praying in a commanding place. You're speaking in things in the beings. So your prayers are always sound stuff like this. Bonesburg, go. Command it to go. I command it to dissolve. I command uh, the calcium buildup to go away. I command the body to work the way it's designed. I release the antibodies in your body. Release the healing process. Release the Holy Spirit. Sounds like that. Rather than, oh, God, take away that bone spur. So when I go around and I listen to you guys pray, I don't want to hear, oh, God, take away something. There's a good place for that, but it's not what we're doing here. Amen. They're all different forms, different places for different types of, of needs. This one's a prayer of authority. When we do our uh, interview, our interview is going to be very, very short. It's where's the hurt? What's the problem? When people start to tell you their life story, and they're going to do it all the time, you're going to shut them up. And you better learn to shut them up fast because the longer they talk, the harder it is to shut them up. Okay? It will mess you up if you listen to their life story. You know? And if you hear all the things that matter with them, it will really mess you up. But if you pray and, and just know barely a few things about what's going on, and then God gives you the other things, what's going to happen? Your faith is going to rise and so is theirs. So you don't want to know much. You can be gutsy and ask for nothing. Just say, come up here and I'll, I'll pray for you and just pray everything you hear. A lot of times I'll pray for things they haven't asked for when they do ask me for things, and I won't pray for the things that they, they really want to. Sometimes I'll say some nice little word over it, but I'm not really praying for it. Go ahead. Sometimes it's, it's the best if you know nothing at all. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed, you know, with, like a lot of times at, uh, you know, Anaheim, we'd have a conference or something. I'd just walk up. Someone would already be kind of resting in front of the Lord and just start praying, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, and then some, you know, on occasion, I mean, people, you know, they'd find me out afterwards. Wow, how did you, you know, you know. And it's like, because, you, you know, and it's easy if you don't even, never even met the person, it seems like, and you don't know anything, because then it's just, you know, whatever God gives you. And, of course, you could be off, but I find that, you know, most of the time, it's like what God gave you, you know, Yeah, just shut them up. Okay, that's good enough. You know, I'll just in a nice way. Uh, So, 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 what? That's a very good thing. What you said. Turn off your brain, okay, and listen to what God's saying. You pray what you hear. And if you don't hear anything, pray in tongues. Just pray in tongues. Uh, and just it's it's all risk. It's all taking chances. You know. And you can understand you're going to be wrong some of the time. Some of the things you're going to pray. You know, especially when you start out, you're going to pray wrong. You're just going to hit it wrong. You're not going to hear right. You're going to hear your own stuff, your own pains, your own things, and you're going to throw it onto them. Over a period of time, that will happen less and less and less and less. Someday you'll get to a place where you'll believe what you heard more than what they can tell you. You know, you will never argue with them about it. If they tell you that's not true, then you say, well, I'm sorry I missed. You know, I'm sorry I missed. But you can bank on it. After a while, you'll, get, you'll know that you were right. And they'll come up and find you maybe six months later. Usually people wait an awful long time to tell you that you're right and they were wrong. But, <laughs> but it'll happen. But you don't push your point because it's not about that. 
We are midwives. We are conduits of God's spirit. We, Wimber used to always say, nothing up my sleeve. In other words, he brought nothing to it. You know, he just listens and comes to it. Now, I actually believe as time goes along, God gifts you in a certain way. And there's certain resonant anointings that rest on you. I really believe that. I see people that are much better at healing uh, than other people, you know. Uh, and just God has gifted them that way, just like some people are much better at prophesying, but we're all the prophesy. You know, it's just the way. We're, to, we're not to figure out how good we're at it. We're, just, we're commanded to do it. We're told to go out there and pray for the sick. Heal them. That's what we're called to do. Anything else? I thought another. Okay, so... The interview is going to be very, very short. Uh, let's see anything else I want to say. And next week I'll deal with removing walls, how to remove a demonic wall, and how you build up a kingdom wall in a person. And that's more for the long-range frame. Okay, words of knowledge is like I said, who has an impression in the room about somebody in the room? 